Welcome to Cisco Champion Radio. Today we'll be talking about SD-WAN security. Our Cisco SME is Corelli. Our Cisco Champion hosts today are Peter Yan and David. As for me, I'm Brett Shore from the Cisco Champion program team and I'll be playing the part of moderator. Corelli, if you can start off by introducing yourself and telling us what you do at Cisco, that'd be a great start. All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Corelli Shankar. I am in the technical marketing team with Cisco Systems. I've been with Cisco for about 13 years, six and a half years as a tech engineer, and five years as a technical marketing engineer. And just recently, two weeks ago, I took on a new role. Now I manage the branch routers, technical marketing engineers team. Congratulations. 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 We cover the ISR 900, 800, ISR 1K, all models, as well as the ISR 4000 series routers. Perfect. Cool. Now, Peter Jan, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, my name is Peter Jan Efkens, Cisco champion, and I've been a network consultant uh, within security for already a number of years. Great. Now over to you, David. Who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm David. <laughs> David Penaloza. Uh, uh, I, I work as a consultant uh, for Verizon Enterprise Solutions in Czech Republic. And, well, we provide to our customers not only support, but also uh, advice regarding their design and, and what well, the next move for the network so to accommodate needs and all that stuff. Uh, and I do well SD-WAN and, and on a daily basis. Great. So now I'll pass it over to Peter Jan to kick things off. So, so Corelli, um, we all know, or most of our listeners know, that we used to have uh, this classic enterprise firewall, yes. previously known as the zone-based firewall. But there's something new out there, isn't it? Yes. We have integrated our enterprise firewall now with our NBAR2 engine. So now we're able to configure firewall policies. And in the policy, we're able to specify if you have a need to drop specific applications, group of applications or category of application. Oh, with true. this application visibility engine, mm -hmm. we're able to identify up to 1,400 plus applications. Yeah, so it's just loading the protocol pack, just correct into the details exactly. already. Exactly. And then use your match and yes. do whatever you want to do with it. Exactly, oh, yes. Yeah. Great. I guess that before we, before we just go into the nitty gritty and all these dissections, because I know we are going that way, so he's <laughs> laughing already. Uh, why don't we just classify first what are we supposed to, to, to see from the customer perspective as a, uh, uh, okay, let me just step back a little bit. We have a, a range of, let's say, uh, not solutions, but okay, we have needs, right? We have a, a degree of exposure depending on in which zone or which needs you have, right? right. So, so as a customer, what, I mean, how I know what I need? Where do I need in a specific uh, uh, feature or where, where do I have more or less exposure? I mean, this is the mindset from the customer because, okay, we're going to go on all the, mm -hmm. you know, all the details, but, well, well, pretty much somebody else takes the decisions from the business perspective. So, what is the customer seeing? So, so then they, they step, take the step ahead and they say, okay, we want this and let's just do it. More, most of the times the customers will know and it is all intent based. So the customer use cases, we've heard from hundreds of customers, we've folded all of the use cases into four different use cases. The predominant use case that we see is compliance use case. Enterprise customers yes. want to be compliant. And that is the GDPR. PCI compliant. Two of the requirements under the PCI compliance says that any packet that leaves the branch has to be inspected by a stateful firewall as well as an IPS solution 
before we put it in the tunnel and send it over to the headquarters. So that's a compliance use case where we're not taking the internet traffic and sending it directly out to the internet from the branch. It still gets tunneled over to the headquarters, but it will be inspected by our enterprise firewall that's application aware and our IPS solution. But it's also GDPR because Correct. you need to, be, to do everything in your power to yes. secure yes. the data that's running on your network. Because exactly. Because it can be personal data. Right. And the other use case that we see is the guest access use case where guests walking into the branch offices bring your own devices, they bring their own smart devices, and enterprises are liable to provide them with good enough content filtering. So that use case we see a lot. For that, we could leverage our enterprise firewall that's application aware, as well as URL filtering, both of which are on-box solution. Yes. But still continue to tunnel all of the employee-generated internet traffic via the VPN tunnel to the headquarters, or send, break that out as well directly from the branch to the internet. Yes, so that's the general enterprise now uh, application-aware firewall. Right. But the hot topic of Cisco Live, I would say, is not only innovation, but also something called SD-WAN. Oh, absolutely. It, it's just hot, hot, all in uppercase. I know. So what's more in there for security than only the enterprise firewall? I think there's more to it. Oh, yes, absolutely. We just mentioned enterprise firewall and IPS and URL filtering as well. Those three are on-box features that we launched on December 21st last year, 2018. The one cloud integrated feature that we launched is the DNS web layer security. That is providing content filtering at the DNS layer. All of these security it, it, features. It's hooking up with umbrella. Yes, it is uh, hooking up with the umbrella portal. All of these features can be provisioned, managed, monitored, got reporting on, as well as troubleshot from our single pane of glass, which is vManage. Yeah, so I need vManage to manage my <laughs> next, gen, next gen application firewall and security right. in the branch. Yes, yes. And you mentioned something like URL filtering. Is that the same like the Firepower URL filtering, or is it a different one? How this is a different one. We uh, are using the same database that the Firepower solution is using, but the coding has all been done our, by our own engineering team. We do have um, the same BrightCloud web root database, which yeah. provides us up to the 82 different categories. I do hope it's getting to the Talos feed once in the future, hopefully. Yes, <laughs> yes, we are working towards that, and we've had a huge ask. <laughs> Many different customers asking about that. So, uh, yeah, for now, it's 82 different categories based on BrightCloud database, block yeah. or allow, as well as based on web reputation score. Okay. We do allow options to blacklist or whitelist URLs, mm -hmm. as well as provide a custom block page so the customers can write their own message that the clients would see yeah. when they're browsing to a prohibited category. Yeah, but it does require, I mean, URL filtering, requires CPU, requires memory. Uh, yes, then does not require any additional hardware. What we are doing is, um, taking the control plane course and running IPS and URL filtering as a service on the control plane course. So we got the CPU power to do it, okay. but in order to save the uh, application-related files and store the events and alerts that these IPS and URL filtering generate, then we need the memory. 
So we ask for additional four gigs of DRAM and four gigs of flash than the default that comes with the platform, which is four gigs, which will make the platform an eight gig platform, yeah. both DRAM and flash. And it's field replaceable, so I can use my existing installation and I can field replace my memory. Oh yes, absolutely. Brownfield four gig deployments can be easily field upgradable to an eight gig platform to be able to leverage these features. Okay, great. In what is based our institution prevention system. We, we, have, we have mentioned that we have your filtering, we have DNS, uh, in the DNS layer we have a protection that we just hook up with umbrella. In the case of IPS, because it's also part of the compliance, so yes. what do we have there? Where's the magic? <laughs> the magic is uh, this Nord IPS, which is the industry leader, the most deployment IPS solution, which is what we are running as the signature engine within the control plane course. Now, Talos is our own organization with the mm -hmm. highest efficacy. They're the ones they put up the signature updates, which our single pane of glass vManage is capable of going out to cisco.com at a set interval, query for signature updates, bring them and deploy them to all of the routers that are provisioned under that vManage. We uh, have an option to provide whitelisting signatures should you have uh, false positives, but um, the security balanced and connectivity signature sets of which the security signature set has the most number of signatures enabled, which is about 14,000 plus signatures. Oh, it does a no. brilliant job yeah. securing your network from malicious traffic. That's all available to check out. Uh, uh, okay, now, now that you mentioned Talos, then Let's take uh, uh, you know just a sidewalk like and just uh, mention a little bit uh, then uh, AMP. Uh huh. Advanced because, protection. Yeah, because the yes. advanced smartwall protection is also backed up by Tylo. Correct. Exactly. So yes. can we just get a little bit deeper and, and Peter Chan will enjoy it at this point. So. <laughs> the AMP and the Threat Grid, both of the features are committed and. Uh, scheduled to be delivered in March 2019 timeframe. That wasn't what uh, we went FCS with, but it is guaranteed to What's arrive M M4 in March. Networks. Exactly. So what that does is, if the clients are sitting behind the router, and if they either upload certain files to the internet or they download certain files from the uh, internet, what we do is we compute uh, SHA-256 and we cross-check with our AMP Cloud to see if the AMP Cloud has seen that or not. If it has seen it, AMP Cloud will send us the file position value, whether it is good or bad. And if it hasn't, and if the router has got 16 gigs of DRAM, and if it is provisioned for ThreadGrid, then we have the capability to send the entire file to ThreadGrid for sandboxing. They use their machine learning, artificial intelligence, do that sandboxing, and whatever verdict they come up with, they feed that back to AMP Cloud. And so in the future, AMP will, Cloud will be able and to tell AMP, us. And AMP for networks, does it have the same feature parity with uh, firepower? So I know some environments are not allowed to communicate with the cloud for anything. Mm -hmm. So they have their own on-prem threat, uh, threat grid deployment. Mm -hmm. So I can use that to hash, to look up my hash as well. So I'm not required to use that cloud. It is uh, required at this point to use the cloud, but we do have um, on-prem AMP in the roadmap in on the roadmap. our site, okay. yes. And currently what we do support is um, looking at files only on the clear text protocols, such as HTTP, yeah. FTP, POP, and IMAP, and SMB. Yeah. We do not have SSL decryption today, 
So we're not able to look within anything. And yeah, because that takes a lot of extra CPU exactly. power to yes. do that kind of stuff. Yes. Managing Snort. Yeah. Um, Snort is in a Firepower Threat Defense. Yes. Firepower Services on ASA. Yes. I'm using either Firepower Device Manager or Firepower Management Console to do that, or even CDO. Mm -hmm. How do I do that on my branch router? Can I use? Can I hook my Snort rules into my FMC? So I've got a single pane of glass for my Snort policy. You is the question whether vManage can also monitor a Firepower sensor? The other way around. The can other I way can I use Firepower Management Center to? manage those snort rules so I can create that single no. policy across the board. No, Firepower Management Sensor is not capable of managing the snort instances running in our okay. system platforms, ISRs and ASRs. So I need to use vManage for that? Correct, yes. Oh, that's another reason to help you manage there, right? If you can do all the magic from one point, then it's pretty cool. It, it, is, it is very cool, but it's like, uh, from a security perspective, you would like to have a single policy and deploy that across all the different devices, something that Cisco Defense Orchestrator is doing as well. It has the features for ASA and for uh, Firepower devices as well. So it might have been logic to have that feature in there as well. So I can actually create a single policy right. within that CDO environment and have that deployed on the ASA firewall that I have running somewhere. I've got it somewhere running on the Firepower device in my edge in, the, in my headquarters, quarters. And then using pushing it to vManage using APIs or whatever, and push that policy down to the branch offices as well. Makes sense, we may have to look into that use case. Okay. She's just writing down like, yes, <laughs> you know, what we're going to get back. <laughs> but it's all managed through vManage, but it's an iOS XE box. Correct, yes, exactly. But it isn't running the traditional iOS XE image. The image now that runs on SD-WAN is called iOS XE SD-WAN image. So when you go to CCO today, you will have two different images for our ISR platforms and ASR platforms. One is iOS XE traditional, and the other one is iOS XE SD-WAN. Okay, but it still has the famous normal CLI, so I can see what has been configured. There are a bunch of differences. So once you upgrade your router to iOS XE SD-WAN, even the config T does not work anymore. Config oh. Config oh, terminal yeah. does not work. It, it is. It has just been like changed ACI to, introduction. That's a, <laughs> bit, that's a little bit painful for me. <laughs> it, it has been changed to config dash transaction now, and it's not exactly the same iOS XE either. We are taking a handful of features, validating them, testing them, making sure it will work in SD-WAN environment, and then going FCS with that. So you could compare it with the Catalyst wireless controller. It's yeah. also iOS XE, but it's configured differently than your classic switch. But it's also iOS XE. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where does Theme Manager run? It could be on the in the cloud or on-prem. vManage is not the only component. There are two other controllers, and they all three have their own job responsibilities. vManage okay. is a single pane of glass. Yes. We also have vSmart mm -hmm. that takes instructions from vManage and pushes those policies to the edge devices. Okay. And there is another controller called vBond, and he's like the gatekeeper. He makes sure that the edges are the ones that are supposed to talk to us, and he has a whitelist with their serial numbers and organization ID on that, and he makes sure that the serial number that the edge reports to him is one that he has in his whitelist before he allows that vEdge or a, a Cisco XE SD-WAN router 
to even talk to the vSmart to be able to get the policies. Okay, so every time, uh, as soon as I want to use this new feature like security in SD-WAN, I need to use special software, I need to have that fee manager either on-premise or in the cloud. That's probably a subscription. Correct, exactly. But the security features all come in the base DNA Essentials subscription. So the DNA Base Essential has all the security features, including these URL filtering and uh, yes. sort Yes, all three. The DNS implementation with exactly. Bitella, all that is in the base. Right. That's great. Right, the DNS. That's a key difference. The, yes, we, <laughs> we provide all three on-box features, the Enterprise Firewall that's application aware, URL filtering and IPS. The DNS web layer security is monitoring only and if they need enforcement, then they would have to purchase the umbrella subscription license. Of course, because you get some extra feed in there as well. So exactly. it's logical to have that subscription yes. required. Correct. So you could almost say that it, you can replace for small environments where you have an ASA firewall with firepower threat defense on the edge. Mm -hmm. um, you could almost replace that and have a central cloud console Absolutely. Managing that specific fire, uh, firewall, but then as a router instead of as a Absolutely, firewall. there is no reason for a two-box solution anymore when we are providing a comprehensive security on one box. Yeah, and then you have got these very nice 1100 routers, which oh, are Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Perhaps not completely on topic, but can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I believe it's part of that SD-WAN edge. Yes, absolutely. There well. are many PIDs on the 1K series routers, of which one specific model and a few more to come, which is 1111-X, eight port. That's the only one today that currently supports the eight gig DRAM and eight gig flash. So that is the model that will support the IPS and URL filtering. Okay, so the rest you need of the model- have that one specifically. Correct. The rest of them have fixed four gigs of DRAM and flash. And those models can only support our enterprise firewall that is application aware and the DNS web layer security. Yeah. And those tiny new 900 routers? Ooh, Ooh those are shiny those are ones. That <laughs> we, went, we launched that very recently and those uh, ISR 900 model routers, they run our iOS Classic ah, okay. that does not support SD-WAN. Yeah, okay. oh. so you gotta just keep in mind that you either need well, more resources, or you need to do a you know a good investigation of what is the box you're gonna put there, right? Yeah. For now, there's a limited range of options, but but I'm assuming that this is going to just well grow a little bit more, right? Because yeah. right now you can just pick this one, and then the other ones are you're having the classic iOS XE, and there are like some limitations, but yes. And it's running on virtual on ENCS ISRV in the oh, cloud. Oh yes, uh huh. CSR and the AWS, we support that. ISRV on ENCS, which is tuned on to run uh, effectively on our NFVIS hypervisor. We support the SD-WAN with security on those. ASR 1K platforms, ISR 1K and ISR 4K. And all of those platforms we support SD-WAN and security, but not all of the security features. We need oh, yeah. to make sure they have the eight gig DRAM. You need to have the RAM and the resources to do all those features. Correct. So actually you've got security everywhere in the branch. Oh yes, absolutely. Great, so I don't know, if, do you have any questions still a bit? Oh, well, so far everything is 
It's and the crystal's clear. Yeah. Yeah, it's so pretty then, cool. I mean, it's just exciting to know. And I have a final question. Where can Ooh. people find more information, <laughs> like an ordering guide, GPL, demo kits? They can go to cisco.com forward slash go slash routing and uh, choose SD-WAN security and they can get all of their collaterals and they can watch videos and they can YouTube SD-WAN security video and they should find my YouTube video on SD-WAN security demonstration that I did for Network Field Day. Great. Is there anything we forgot to ask or something that you wanted to make sure that, uh, that you said before we close out? I think you guys asked me all the questions that is to ask about SD-WAN security today. Fantastic. Well, this has been another great Cisco Champion Radio episode. I want to thank you, Corelli, for thank your you. insight and for Peter, Jan, and David for hosting today's session. As always, thanks to everyone for participating in Cisco Champion Radio. Look for this episode and other episodes on iTunes and cisco.com slash go slash CCR. Until next time. Thank you, Brett, Paul, and David.